0: All right, welcome to another episode of Scientology Fair Game, the podcast. Oh, my God, that was so good. That was wow, so professional. That. that was so professional. You could be a voice talent. No, because, you know, when people call my house, they say, hello, sir. Um, <laughs> I go, I don't even say anything. I just go, yes. What are, what are you selling? I'll even correct them. <laughs> Hello, sir. Hello, sir. Hi, Lily. Hi, honey. How
1: are you, Mikey? You are absolutely the sexiest man I know.
0: Oh, I'll take it. I'll take it. Thank you. A gal slash guy has to take their compliments when they get them. Thank
1: you. Oh, you're very welcome. Very welcome.
0: We have a uh, wonderful guest with us, returning guest. Yep. It's so funny because our, our family and friends are constantly texting us, writing us emails, going, hey, I want to come back on the podcast to talk about blah, blah, blah. It's like right. every person that we've had on, we could have 20 times on and still wouldn't get all the information there is to expose about Scientology.
2: True. True that. Endless troves of nonsensical garbage.
0: Correct. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hi, Julian Wayne. Hello, Mike. Well, he truly is family.
0: Oh, I know. And and, and newly reconnected with our family. I mean, it's just, a, this is, people ask, like, are there success stories? They get tired. There's so many. We Some people don't want to share, uh, understandably so, but Julie and Catherine uh, are family, and we were disconnected for six years, and they've finally left the Church of Scientology and are living their lives, and we are anxiously awaiting an in-person reconnection. I know. To spend the holidays together, as we always did, right? As we have for many, many years. Can't wait. Okay, let's talk about what we're talking about today, which is what? One of Scientology's many front groups, this one called WISE. What does that stand for? Anything? The World. Institute
1: of Scientology Enterprises. And just to give you a little background on this, because it's not a story that many people know, I happened to be around at the time when Hubbard created the World Institute of
0: Scientology oh, Enterprises. Oh, were you, Mike? I didn't know that. Yes. I don't know if a lot of people know that, too, that, Mike, you knew Elron Hubbard. I mean, you told me that we were on the aftermath when we were eating lunch, and I was like, <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> oh yes, I I definitely knew old man Hubbard.
0: Has he come to visit you? Because he's supposed to be back, by the way. Well, he probably he, he, wouldn't.
1: He has not popped in yet. Okay. I'm sadly sad to say.
0: But you also um, are now an SP, Mike. I don't know if he will be visiting. You know, visiting you when he comes back.
1: Yeah. True.
0: Um, anyway, so how did you? So tell us about Wise.
1: Uh, okay, so Wise today is the umbrella organization under which scientologists pedal L Ron Hubbard's administrative technology what does this that mean? is the writings of Hubbard about how you go about administering or the operation of Scientology organizations which he claimed are the sort of laws of all business, all organization, all things that uh, require, you know, money and marketing and operating and running a, an activity. However, that really is uh, only what Wise evolved into. It originally began with Hubbard being upset about scientologist businessmen stealing what people he called his staff members mm-hmm. and preying on Scientology organizations to get their business like there were a lot of scientologists that had had businesses that were like house cleaning businesses and they would go and get staff members of Scientology organizations and have them moonlighting for them in these little businesses of theirs. And Hubbard got upset about this, saying that they were stealing the loyalty of Scientology staff and attracting them away from being staff members in Scientology organizations, where, just as a note, they couldn't make enough money to live on, which was why they had to have another job. Right he created wise literally to get Scientology businesses off the backs of orgs and the way that this was to be done was any Scientologist who had a business that used any of the Hubbard technology had to sign a license to use that and pay a royalty to Hubbard for the right To use Scientology technology in their business. And by doing so, that allowed Hubbard to control, or the organization to control those businesses through these license agreements. So that was how WISE started. It did not start as a way, as they promote it now, of getting L. Ron Hubbard's business management technology out into the world it was prevent Scientologists from ripping off Scientology organizations through their businesses. And today, it has developed into a way for Scientologists to make money by peddling this technology, quote-unquote, of L. Ron Hubbard, to sell to people
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and Then to attract them into Scientology and collect FSM commissions.
0: Which is what? What is an FSM?
1: This is a a commission for payments made by someone to buy something from Scientology. Everybody who is a Scientologist is is also an FSM, which stands for a field staff member, and they collect 10% of any monies that someone pays into Scientology for. Services or donations or whatever. So, this became, has become a relatively lucrative business for Scientologists to become what are, called, what are known as wise consultants. Okay. And that's what we're going to talk to Julian about today because he not only did he work at Delphi, he worked at, in these two of these wise business consulting companies as a consultant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a highly trained specialist in Overly the Overly <laughs> qualified
2: consultant.
0: So Julian, take me through this. So you were you worked for you were a wise consultant. What does that mean exactly? What what was your
2: task? Great question. Um <laughs> a loose term for somebody who I think tries to use the same kind of like standardized Scientology technology, quote unquote technology in a business world as if you would do it in like inside the church at an organization or in the Sea Org or whatever. So like a mini version of that same kind of an exact same kind of road plan, the same kind of tactics to try and basically take businesses and make them more lucrative to then make them pay more money to the organization, which they can pay back to the church.
0: Well, if they're making more money based on L. Ron Hubbard's teachings, I guess uh, this behavior would be justified, right? I mean, what you had to do, I mean, were people making, was it, was it successful? Is L. Ron Hubbard's administrative technology a successful technology for businesses?
2: I'm going to go ahead with a resounding no. And I will no. tell you, I'll tell you why. <laughs> so I think that, you know, there are a lot, like Mike mentioned, you know, Scientologists who moonlight while they're on staff at a Scientology church because. Or,
0: or just regular parishioners because they have to. Yeah, exactly. Right. You have to be able it. to pay.
2: Right. Not yet as many jobs you can hold down to be able to pay for Scientology or live with Scientology in your life. Yeah. And so, uh, the allure of the wise consulting companies is that they promised the ability to basically make lots of money for the staff members by, mm. you know, spreading this technology and therefore they're going to be able to afford their bridge they're pay for more services. It's kind of like that bubble of making money inside money to give more money back to the church. Right,
0: right, right.
2: And when you're on staff and you leave, having made you know, make like, more
0: money to give it back to us.
2: Oh, totally, absolutely. The whole thing is is a big circle, circle jerk back into the funds. Right, right, right. And you know, I, I left staff. Um, you know, having been like thrashed about and combed. You know, committee of evidence. That you guys mentioned I talked, I heard your last week's podcast. So You guys talk about that. Um, I had been combed four times in like three months, and I, you know, I was coming out, and then someone offered me a job that had like an actual salary and something I could do, you know, and if you grew up in Scientology, like I did, where you don't have a, a background or an education in anything other than this cult teaching, it sounds like a pretty sweet deal, but what I found out in the hypocrisy and the irony of the situation is that these consulting companies are struggling just as hard as the cult is to stay up and running, if not more so, because they're out there in the, with like people who don't really know any better about the Scientology aspect. And that is so well hidden. So I went from being on staff, making, you know, 50 to a hundred dollars a week, if we were lucky kind of a thing uh-huh. to, you know, Oh good. There's a salary. And I started as a supervisor doing the same thing I had done at a Scientology church, uh-huh. you know, while uh, okay. monitoring, uh, basically these are the, the company I worked for, they mostly target small. Chiropractic, dental, and optometric practice.
0: Yeah, and why is that? Do you guys know why it's predominantly chiropractic? Mike does. Dental. Like, why is that? So many Scientology uh I, I, I mean, the only professionals I've really saw in Scientology were <laughs> dentists, chiropractors. Right. You, know, you never and met like a doctor or you know, that went to medical school or you know, you rarely meet meet somebody really educated in Scientology.
1: Right. Well, well, the, the company that, that Julian worked for, at least the first one, is called Sterling Management. Okay. And Sterling Management is the godfather of wise consulting businesses. And Sterling Management was started by a guy called Greg Hughes. And Greg Hughes was a dentist, okay. a shitty dentist. shitty dentist who eventually had his license taken away to practice (laughs) dentistry. But he started a business to sell other dentists to begin with on a patent that he had developed using this Hubbard technology. And I'm going to let Julian give a bit of an explanation of it, but I know a lot about this because Greg Hughes ended up being in the C organization as the watchdog committee member for WISE. And Greg, I was pretty friendly with, and he told me a lot about the business that he had begun at Sterling and how they came to be focused on dentists, chiropractors, vets, and ophthalmologists or Mm -hmm. optometrists or whatever. Mm And the reason was because he understood the pattern and developed a pattern to sell dentists to begin with this plan that is based on the same principle of Scientology, which is pay for a shitload of stuff in advance. Mm -hmm. Like, you lay out a program. If you've ever been to a dental office that has done one of these wise courses You will know instantly that you're in a wise, consulted dental practice, because what they will do is, it's not like you go in there and they say, well, you need your teeth cleaned in six months, so let's make an appointment. Mm -hmm. They say, no, you need a plan to get you to a state of nirvana with your teeth. You need to have... Uh, A three-year program that we will do to straighten your teeth, to put on, you know, veneers, to do this, to do that, to do this, to do that. And if you pay for it all in advance, we give you a discount. Right. And this is the Scientology service model patent.
0: Wait, can I ask you a question, Mike and, and Julian? What is the Hubbard technology? What is the? Well, just what is it? I'm just trying to understand. What is the technology you're selling me? Okay, I'll let I'll let answer that. I'm a normal. I'm a I'm a I'm a dentist. I'm a dentist. I'm like you know. I want to grow my business, my dentistry practice. You, I, I'm not a Scientologist. Am I a Scientologist? Is it just Scientologist? No no, 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 no.
2: Non Scientologist. I would okay. say 99% nine, you know, their plan is to proselytize. They want to convert these store business owners into Scientologists eventually. Okay.
0: So Julian, the, you come in and you sell me what technology to grow my business. What is the technology? So
2: I would, so I will point out first off, none of the, I don't think any of the quote unquote consultants at any of these companies have any actual business skill other than they've studied Scientology business. Hard sell. Technology. Yeah. Right. And okay. that stuff. As we all know, it's like the, you know, the telex machines are still being used. Like they're sending things via fax and like old sc- technology was built in the fifties. Right. Right. for a modern business in 2020, let's say. Right. 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 So the major selling point essentially. So these practices yeah. are smaller mom and pop kind of shops, like a single doctor working somewhere rural. Yeah. Um, they want to grow their business and they have somehow landed up on a call sheet or a, like a call center mm-hmm. where they're, you know, call, that cold calling Every, every dental office in a 50-mile radius of where they're going to have a seminar or an organization's going you know, to put on an event, kind of like a Scientology event. And they're basically trying to lure uh, prospective people into a long conversation with a salesman, where the salesman will spend months, if needed, up to a year, slowly working this person into the point where they're, just like in Scientology, you know, they found their ruin, the thing that's majorly wrong with their business, like that the su- they're suffering from, they can't fix. And then they give them, of course, the only solution, which is Scientology consulting tools developed by this mastermind named Hubbard. And he was such a business genius and therefore these are going to make your things and the tools are simple. Like, you know, Hubbard stole a lot from everywhere, right? Like I was probably just seeing what was in fad and using it to his benefit. So the majority of it is like, you should definitely market your business. Like you should probably have some kind of advertising campaign, which I would assume is pretty common knowledge in this day and age, right? So the pitch is like, you know, Hubbard has the best technology on how to advertise your company.
0: Well, if it's based on selling a cult to a $3 billion profitable business with tax-exempt status as a religion, shit,
2: I'd buy that. Sure. So, well, (laughs) if it it got great results and the the money came in afterwards, it would make sense. I would say, so the, I'll start out with saying this, the majority of the clients that I ever saw come through any of these businesses were old, no longer continuing services, but had huge quantities of prepaid services on account, meaning they were hit up multiple times to pay for like ten thousand dollar packages of consulting, hourly consulting, and then they would pay for it, and it would sit. The money gets spent, of course, because the companies needed to survive. Yeah. But just like the church, there's these huge untold volumes of like paid for services with no actual delivering of those things. So the game is like, just like in Scientology, everything's a statistic. How much can you get in the front door? It's not you my businesses that I'm working with grow. It's how right. much money can I make weekly from them? How much money can I get them from them quarterly or annually?
0: From the actual dentist. Not, not from the that dentist. They, Right, right. Your, st- right. your statistic wasn't they're growing their business. I'm doing right. great for this mom and pop shop. So this is basically like a pyramid scheme in some way, right? This Mike? is like it's-
2: Herbalife, Herbalife pyramid scheme. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. We're just trying to, yeah, yeah. right. Just trying to make money to get more money. For the most part, these clients would be, you know, put through the ringer of a sales pitch. Like I'm, I, I saw clients that would spend months being slowly worked on by like, you know, this, the key salesman who would use what was basically essentially hard sell, you know, gross kind of slimy tactics that you'd find in a really gross used car salesmanship kind of thing right. to basically walk these people into spending their life savings or taking out a huge loan to pay for a year's worth of consulting. And then the results were... You know if you if you take a business and you put a little effort into marketing and you put a little effort into like hiring good staff or like you know, maybe you have a staff member you don't really talk to enough or they're not as great, those things should get you results. And that's right. kind of common sense. You don't need to pay somebody twenty thousand dollars to have them tell you you need to put an ad in the weekly newspaper for your business, or you have a sign out front that says that you're there. These are right. pretty common. And the majority of the services I, as far as I could tell were pretty canned, scripted previously written by somebody else, copied over to somebody else's practice because they work, you know, like right. how in Scientology, you know, everyone has to do the same services because everyone has this thing they have to fix. Right. And yet all these businesses are being put to the same kind of machinery, regardless of whether or not they actually have those issues or need those things resolved. And, you know, kind of like the generic servicing of them to say, hey, yeah, we're, we're consulting you. Right, right. We're giving you valuable.
1: Leah, you understand that. One of the complaints that that professionals, even lawyers, have is that when they go to school to learn the craft of their, whether it's a dentist or a vet or a lawyer, they do not get taught how to administer their business. Right. And a lot of these guys are perfectly good dentists who literally open up an office and start, I'm a dentist. Right, And if someone comes along and says, okay, look, you need to keep track of how many clients, the, how many patients you are serving a week, or you need to keep a, a list and contact those who haven't been in for six months, right. or you need to put a sign out the front, or you need to have a, like this simple Simon stuff, mm-hmm. it actually does produce some results of oh, yeah, increased right. Right. revenue. Well, and yes. then yep. they promote that we'll take you to the sky. We'll take you now. We're, look, see, see how good our shit works. Right, right, right. We got you. We got you an increase of ten percent of revenue over right. the last six months. We can we can double your revenue if you just invest in us because we have the only workable technology. The pictures right. are just like Scientology. Right. We have well, the well because that's it. You're selling Scientology. That's yeah. that because yeah. it is signed. Yeah, the, it is all Scientology quote technology. Yeah, shifted over and turned into what they call secular technology by taking out any religious words. Right. and the exact same pattern of operation of a Scientology organization happens in what gets implemented into these dentists' office, And the reason why it's dentists, chiropractors, veterinarians, and optometrists is because they all operate on basically the same pattern. Mm-hmm. They bring in a, a client, customer, patient, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. and they give them a treatment plan, even if it's for your dog. Right. Here is a treatment plan for your job. It's much more, uh, much more economical for you to pay for a two-year treatment plan for your dog up front. They know that a certain percentage of those people will never show up with their dog. They've just right. got their money. Right. It's just like the people that pay in advance for Scientology and then huge amounts of money are sitting there that they've taken in and they never deliver anything for and the same right. thing happens with dentists and, and optometrists and chiropractors and whatever. And this is the pattern of wise consulting businesses. Right. And it's the other element of Scientology that is a part of this that Hubbard wrote about extensively is what Julian mentioned, hard sell.
0: And so Julian, you worked for this uh, company for a year or two and just saw clients like just dropping off, right? Just, it was not successful and lucrative as you had
2: hoped, right? Right. So the, the my first experience was as a consultant, like obviously no actual training, no, no MBA to speak of, no actual business degree that would qualify me to be anyone who would talk to anyone about anything regarding their business. I could definitely tell you, you should probably have, you know, marketing campaign. You should definitely talk to your clients, call the ones that haven't been in a while, make sure they're doing okay. These are all like, common courtesy things, but I have no specialty in this field. I don't know optometry or dentistry or anything right. beyond the point of anything. So my first task was to basically cold call old clients who had fallen off. And there were thousands of them, just right. file rooms filled with people who had paid for services that never got done. They just disappeared because from what I could tell now, looking back, they found out it was Scientology. And their staff members rebelled. Uh, the employees, this is a crazy thing. So, you know, you guys talk about like the, the quote unquote PTS technology, right? Like potential trouble source in Scientology, meaning anyone who would think poorly of Scientology or any of his p- chapters is considered someone you have to remove from your life, right? Yes. They're considered trouble. Right. Trouble. So you have a dentist's office where there's an employee who's like, wait a second, you guys are trying to apply Scientology to this business. I don't agree with that.
0: Yeah.
2: The consultant's job is to basically talk the doctor into firing the staff member because they're now
0: pts pts they're
2: trouble source for the business right right, they're going to interfere with the scientology going in
0: right right you
2: basically have you know and it's it's very common if you look for um job you know like for reviews on google for these companies you'll see the employees will voice like hey what the hell is going on right you know this consultant came through and all of a sudden now we're all doing scientology courses we're being asked to go to florida where the scientology church is to like do more courses and i have to apply all these things to my life and then it becomes like a trickle of proselytization it's like learn about the study technology, learn about, you know, way, the way to happiness, learn about PTS technology, to remove troublesome people in your life. And then do more Scientology, pay for more. It's just a, it's a slow feeder into that system. So right. I was calling these clients who hadn't wanted nothing to do with the consulting anymore because they've been had and scammed. And, uh, the, you know, I spent probably three months just calling and calling and calling, cold calling, trying to get someone on the phone. Just to show up, to be able to go. They already paid for it. They're free. It'll be, technically speaking, something they already said they wanted to right. do, right? They're just
0: like, now I just want to deliver right. what we promised.
2: Right. right. Not that I'm qualified to. And they're but like, yeah. no, thank you. Right. <laughs> like leaving that, right. No one would return my calls whatsoever. That was a bit weird. And I think eventually I got handed like a new client, somebody who's fresh into the, the organization. And the entire time that person can't, you know, they're there for a week, the entire time. It's just the, every meeting you have is how do we get this guy to pay for more things? Right. The guy just spent 20 grand, he flew across country, he's in our office for 5 days. We got to wow him, ruin him and take his money. That's the basic tactic. Right. And you have these like high power hardcore salesmen who work as consultants because they're, you know, they're OT8 and they've done the they've trained a lot in Scientology so they somehow are qualified to advise this business owner on their practice, but really what they're they're after is, you know yeah, they want them to make more money because that means they'll get paid more money into their coffers. It's not a right. I don't want you to do well because that's my job. It's because I need you to pay me more money so I can right. have a commission to buy my right. Scientology. Right,
0: right. So what happens? You making money, not making money, and then you go, make any. you go make re- you go work, for another, you work for another management company, a Scientology.
2: Yeah. So I worked there I worked for about two years, the first one in, in Los Angeles, and it was, yeah. it was like every staff meeting was you know, hard sell to the staff to, rit- to get more money from the clients. Yeah. And there were like weeks where I wasn't getting paid. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like this, right. you we know, had this amazing technology and how to manage a business and right. grow these practices to be like exponentially wealthy and that, you know, all this wonderful stuff. And we can't pay <laughs> our own fucking staff. Yeah, we can't cut a paycheck on Friday right. for our employees. Right. And it was a bit, a bit bewildering. And you know right about that point in time, I'd had enough. I, you know, I'd come from being not paid on staff to now working 40 hours a week to not get paid again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck it. We, we left California, we moved out of California and I ended up in Oregon and uh, was approached by, the local there's a company here in Oregon called sterling that is or sorry um silken, silken. management now it's mm-hmm. been around for a long time and had, had had heydays before the you know before scientology was kind of discovered as you know that times article about what scientology consulting and its infiltration in society um i got recruited to co-work for them and i was like oh i guess so and i was a bit apprehensive because i just really you know i come from somewhere where i wasn't getting paid and i didn't like that feeling but I didn't really have any, didn't know anything else. And in this, this little bubble of Scientology world, it's like, sure. yeah, I guess I'll take a job where I can maybe make ends meet. And it was the same exact schematics and rigor roll. It was like, you know, we right. don't really you don't really have anything to speak of. There are thousands of files of people who came in, didn't like it, and left. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the same game. No money, no pay. You know, the the you know, the company had like a small call room of non-scientologist employees where those guys would get paid because heaven forbid, you don't pay them. They're going to go to the organ, you know, the state of the state and go, Hey, I'm not being paid by my employer. Right. And you raise the ire of the state and then I'll draw it attention. So, you know, they would cut checks when they had to, mm-hmm. but you know, the a company of 40 people and they're only paying six of them every week for months on end. You're wondering like, mm-hmm. how does anyone even in this company, even surviving, let alone being able to eat food. So right. It's same thing, and I—I I mean, I'd well, spend-
0: Scientologists get—you know, like you're saying—the majority are Scientologists for a reason, right? Because, right. you know, Scientologists are not going to speak up because they're going to be held into their church, put on the lie detector, interrogated at their expense. As why are you being critical of a, of L. Ron Hubbard's technology, and you're at fault for not making money, and you know you're responsible for the condition that you're in, and so. Most Scientologists working for a Scientology company would just not speak up.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And and coupled with that, so like, you know, the company's not being able to cut checks or keep, you know, the the average employee can't say anything because they're beholden, like you said, to the cult. Mm -hmm. But every single week, the church Scientology is knocking on the door saying, you owe us 10% of anything you've made or delivered in the last seven days. And those checks got cut. Yeah, those checks got cut.
0: cut. Right, right, right. Yeah, they did. (laughs) But they were—they weren't so concerned with the employees, right?
2: No, not, not yes. at all. And then the the conversation was always like, you know, if you if you complained about it to your boss, it was like, yeah, the greater good. We're doing Scientology here, so you know, look past this trivial lifetime of suffering <laughs> and not being able to pay your your right. bills and <laughs> yeah, eat and just yes. think about the big picture where we're going to be living on <laughs> whatever cosmic galaxy with Ron Hubbard doing whatever bullshit, right? So just right, like right. an insane price. So you know, I spent I spent four and a half years, I quit three times at this company. I I was talked back into going again, because I was furious. I, I, you know, I was on the road, traveling for work where I'd go to offices and visit. And, you know, I'd be away from home for four days at a time with no paycheck. I was like, what are we doing here? Like, I don't understand how we could be so like, and it it was such a dichotomy to this idea of like, we have this workable technology. It's so successful yet here I am suffering miserably at the hand of a company who can't apply it to themselves, let alone to their clients or whatever, and You know, it was, uh, I think the experience was helpful in me leaving Scientology in general because it really just showed that, like, this shit does not work. If it worked, you're fucking raging success. Every country on earth would be fucking jamming this thing into the school systems. And it would be like, it isn't. It's not a workable technology. It doesn't have any benefit to anyone other than making money for some guy.
0: Right. And it's funny, Julian. One day I I was like looking around in my office and I was like, how did, um, you know, Bic, do it? How did Xerox do it? You know, how did right. Post It? How did they do it? How did Jesus Christ? I started thinking about all the successful things, you know, in my lot just looking at everything around me, going, well, they don't have L. Ron Hubbard's technology and somehow they succeeded. Huh.
2: Miraculously.
0: Huh. Yeah. I have a lot of friends who are successfully married. Eh, eh. They didn't have Scientology marriage counseling. How did they do it? And, you know, I just, it's its crazy. It sounds so basic and fundamental. And yet when you start opening your eyes, I remember when Shannon, my little sister, was being forced to re-sign being on staff, which meant that she wasn't in a Sea Org. She was a parishioner working at a mission of Scientology. So like these little kind of offset Places uh, they're called Scientology missions that service people not as harshly. (laughs) They're not. They're like baby, right? Like they they're treated with like kid gloves. They're you know they they sign up for these little courses and you know these missions are filled with children running them. Like my sister Shannon and I remember when Shannon they were criticizing her after four years of not making any money and of course most staff members who join you know staff in a Scientology. Organization, they have to live with their parents, or they have to have somebody support them because they don't make enough money to to pay their own bills. And so I was supporting my sister, and they were, you know, had her in a room. You're going to resign another four years, and they're banging the table, and you know, you're doing nothing for mankind if you quit. And you know, but, but she had already served four years. And Shannon, it was like having somebody going with through withdrawals. Like I literally had to have her in my car. I was driving her around. I was like, Shannon, you, you got to move on with your life, man. Like you cannot be, continue to do this. And she sees a you know homeless man and she's like, I mean, what are we doing for this guy? I go, yeah, what the fuck are you doing for this guy in Scientology? Not a fucking thing. Not a thing. You never that- have in Scientology and you never will. In Scientology, do anything for this man because Scientology is not in the business. And this is when I'm a Scientologist, by the way, I go, because Scientology is not in the business of helping these people. And it was like watching somebody go like literally she had to detox her brain and that we're not even leaving Scientology. She's just not wanting to rejoin on staff. And I was like, you guys are not even making money to sustain your lives. What kind of example are you? And the same with the wise consultants. I used to see them pulling up or, and I go, look at this, guy, he, like, you know, poorly shitty dressed, car, yeah, poorly shitty dressed. car. And I was right. like, this is an example of Scientology technology at work. Are these fucking consultants for Scientology?
2: Every person who I've ever worked with at any of these consulting companies was always looked like they were at the point of like bankruptcy or insolvency because of the fact yes. that their whole life hinged on this paycheck that they're never going to get. Mm-hmm. This fantastical dream of helping people do something,
1: yeah. E- Everyone except the guy that ran it,
0: right? Yeah, of course. Right, 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 it's right, the right.
2: guy at the top, right? The pyramid <laughs> flows uphill, yeah.
0: Yeah, and yes, Scientology. Right. Mike, can you can you guys explain WISE and how it's set up? Is it it's all under the Able banner, or what? What is uh, there's Wise and there's some other front groups too, like Wise, right? That are
1: well, Wise is its own corporate entity okay. not able it's a okay. separate corporation okay that licenses the rights to use the administrative technology of l Ron hubbard from i believe the church of spiritual technology you know one of the other parts of the scientology uh, structure puzzle
0: yeah
1: and they sub-license the rights to use this to these wise consultants, and they run a thing called the Hubbard College of Administration, which is this building that is on Western Avenue in uh, you know South Hollywood. Uh-huh. And it is a place where people go to study these courses that they have made, which are basically... Scientology courses with the word Scientology taken out of them. So as Julian says, it's the PTSSP course, it's the communications course, it's the how to manage by statistics course. I mean, this is something that we should mention that is a sort of fundamental element of all things in Scientology management and wise management and consulting, statistics, Every single person in every organization must have a statistic which measures their production on a daily basis. They are monitored to see if they're they're increasing their production by measure of this whatever their statistic is. For an example, a person who is a fundraiser, their statistic is the amount of money that they take in. So if they got $10,000 this week, they're expected to get $10,001 at a minimum next week, or preferably $10,100 or $11,000 or some increase the next week. And if they do not, they then become subject to application of Scientology ethics conditions. So what happens is, uh, on an initial basis in these doctors and dent, I mean um, dentists and, and chiropractic offices, mm-hmm. when someone walks in and says, okay, you need to start giving a statistic to mm-hmm. the staff members in the organization and monitoring them at on a very short range basis that works pretty well. Mm-hmm. Nobody has been paying attention to what, the staff in the organization have been doing, and now they're told, okay, if, if you contacted six former patients yesterday to follow up and get them scheduled for an appointment, you need to do seven today. Mm-hmm. And for the first week or two or three, this is an effective means of increasing the productivity of an office. Mm-hmm. But pretty soon it becomes oppressive. And this is where Julian starts talking about, and then the staff start getting upset because they are now under inordinate amounts of pressure that they are being told that they have to do X, Y, and Z, and this isn't Mm -hmm. what they're used to, and Mm -hmm. they don't like it, and they start complaining. Some have even sued and, and won lawsuits on the basis that they were being... Having Scientology inflicted on them as a condition of their employment, but this thing of statistics is sort of the the i don 't know the, the building block of all quote unquote Hubbard management technology that is what quote management technology is is management he called it management by statistics. Mm-hmm. What it really is is driving people to always do more day after day, week after week, to produce more. And it is actually a system that has proven in the Scientology organizational world where it is practiced in its finest form to be absolutely unsuccessful. Yes. Because it ultimately kills people off. Oh, their willingness, their willingness to keep working is eventually strained beyond limit and they leave.
0: And not to mention, Mike, on, on top of that, as a client of these lunatic dentists who are being forced to contact, I mean, I you know, I get a thing in the mail. You know, like I, I tell my dentist, listen, send it to me every six months. I drink coffee. I like want to get my, clean- I get a thing in the mail reminder, get clean and cleaning. Right. But if I, my dentist was calling me like Scientologists do and expected to do under Elron Ron Hubbard's amazing technology going, you need to come in. Why are you not coming in? You got to pay for your, your shit that might go wrong on your, you know, in your teeth and your mouth, you know, I'm like, get the fuck out of here with this. Which is what happened with uh, Arlo Gordon, uh, the chiropractor, the Scientology chiropractor, who had a very lucrative business at one point in California, here in Southern California. Um, do you know the story of him, by the way? No. Whatever, ha- me neither. No. no, I just wondered whatever happened to him because he did have this business run by Scientologists, um, successful chiropractor for a long time, and then just kind of uh, disappeared.
2: Probably oh, had too much Scientology.
0: Well, no, it was one of those things where they constantly tried to get you in. They constantly had you prepaying, and you're like, I don't know if I'm going to need fifty adjustments. Like, does this ever end in chiropractic? You know? And it, it was run like a. But I was a Scientologist at the time, so it wasn't that insane. But I was like, Why do I got to prepay? I got to prepay for my church services, Now I got to prepay right. for my chiropractor. Right. Anyway, I'd be I'd be interested to know whatever happened to Arlo. I mean, we should look that up. And see one day, because I'd be interested to know whatever happened to him. It just kind of disappeared. But I also, Mike, when uh, uh, Julian mentioned that Time magazine article, we should also post
2: that. Oh, yeah. That was a devastating blow to the, the, the wise consultant, especially here, the one in Oregon. They had, like, Why? Um, when it came out, basically, a lot of their clientele, they, you know, they've been doing this business. You walked into the company, you'd know it was Scientology Run. There's a picture of Ron Hubbard on the fucking wall. Like, it's right, not. Right, right, It's very obvious. <laughs> right. But, like, the, that was all very hush-hush down low. Yeah, this magical consulting thing. I think they started in the eighties, the business, and it was like, yeah. you know, consulting in America was like, Ooh, the new way to make money. Yeah. And this article came out and it show it had their name in it. It said, this company is run by Scientologists and, and they were fucked. They couldn't do anything for like, you know, a good two years. Right. And they had to like, you know, they changed their name. They had to redo their business. They had to move locations, <laughs> all kinds of stuff to kind of cover it up. I would tell you this. So the, the thing I did mostly while working as a consultant for like two full years, mm-hmm. was I would travel to offices on site. And I would do two days in office with clientele. These clients would spend between seven and $10,000, by the way, a a rate that was flexible, because depending on how much you think you could build them for no, not a fixed pricing, like Scientology necessarily, but you know, buy now deal kind of a thing, go on site with an office and basically train their staff to cold call, harass their clientele, inactive clientele to scheduling appointments. We go for, you know, we have to get schedule X number of appointments in a day. And the staff are on the phones on a Saturday phone calling people. And every script and every dialogue we give them was like basic cold call, hard sell, right. they answer the phone. You tell them I'm calling from this office. This is what you need to do next. Will that be cash check or credit card? It's never an, a no answer. You can't ever say no to anything. Right. And we would, you know, we'd schedule 150 appointments in a day Yeah. and then leave. How many of those appointments actually showed up? Not the company's problem, not the company's prerogative right. to figure out <laughs> right, whether or right, not right, they right. actually should, right. you know, a $10,000 yeah. service to come in and like harass the hell out of your clientele. Yeah. And then maybe never make any dollars back from it. Maybe yeah. they would make some money back for it. But you know, that was like a that was their biggest service they sold. The most popular service was this on-site training, training a booster. Yeah. And I think for the most part, it was to try and get their staff to like buy into the Scientology that was about to come down the pike right. into their into their businesses. And most of the time walking into an office with like, you know, eight or nine staff members who already have googled Scientology and the company right, you right, work right, for right. Yes, and they'll yes. look on their faces like this fucking guy is here to con me into some BS cult right, and you, have to like, right. you have to like walk them off that ledge backwards into like you know you're, I'm trying to be friendly I'm a yeah, pretty yeah. social guy you know like try to unite as nice as they possibly can so they do, their guard comes down enough to follow through with my BS script that I'm following Right. Get them to do this thing that they paid for that will hopefully, I don't know if they're ever going to make any money back from it, nor do I really care because I'm going to be gone tomorrow. Right, right. But just trying to get money out of them. And then, you know, the, these guys have spent $25,000 or $50,000 to come out to Oregon for a week. They're back home. They spent $10,000 more to get someone to come out to their office mm-hmm. and their staff are like mutinous. They're like, well, this bullshit. Right, right. And It just, it doesn't really go, I don't think I ever went really the way it was supposed to go. I don't well, really know what
0: listen, that was supposed to be. The, I, it's just, it's, I mean, it's just a scam obviously, yes. right? Because it's, it's not really delivering what it's, what it's promising to deliver. And I just, I listen, the thing is with, with wise and, and consulting companies like it, I think you guys nailed it. You, you know, the, the only people making money are the owners and the people who work for these co- companies are mostly Scientologists and they're kind of stuck Right. Because if they want to leave, they're going to be seen as enemies to their group and not looking at the bigger picture. And um, by the way, Arlo Gordon is still in business. He's in Santa Clarita Ah, with with a five star rating.
2: Oh, is he also giving away vaccine cards as part of his business model? Probably. Probably. (laughs) Probably. Scientology chiropractor (laughs) cures COVID.
1: (laughs) But. (laughs) But let me just add one other thing that I think is really important to to make note of here. Yeah, yeah. Wise pretends that they are not Scientology. You you know, Julian's talked about this. Yeah. But internally within the, the Scientology world, the heads of these Wise consulting businesses are lauded for the number of people they get onto the bridge.
0: Into Scientology. This
1: is the major statistic that these guys promote for themselves internally within Scientology. Mm -hmm. We got, our wise consulting company got 150, 100, 1,000 new people into Scientology in the last year. Whatever the number is. And it's always bullshit, fake, anyway. But whatever. That is how they measure their success and their status as Scientologists. Yeah, they're like Scientology traffickers, like pimps. Scient religious pimps. But they're seen as important people in the Scientology world because of that. Right. Because they bring new people into Scientology. They bring chiropractors and dentists. And the beauty of chiropractors and dentists and vets and optometrists is generally they have a revenue stream. They have money. So they're perfect candidates for Scientology to then be sold Scientology services. Right. So though the attrition rate is enormous, just as Julian said, you know, they may sign up and collect money from a hundred vet slash dentists, slash, optometrists, slash chiropractors, and only ten of them. Continue with any, you know, any right. continuing, if on they're lucky. any continuing basis, and maybe five of those become Scientologists and real s- stop paying money for Scientology, Scientology services. Directly. Yeah, but that five is five more than all the rest of the people in the local organization have managed to get in in an entire year or right. a decade. because they can't get anybody. Right, they can't get shit to walk in the door of a Scientology org and get them to stop paying money. The trick of this is if you can get the get convince these people that there is something to this technology by their revenue increasing by putting pressure on to round up your old clients and get your staff being more productive, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, the pitch becomes. You see, there is a lot more technology from L. Ron Hubbard where that came from. Right. And it will help you in your personal
2: life. And then those guys who, are, who do become the Scientologists and they're doing, they're like, you know, they're now they're considered like the whales of the, of the consulting world are then used in, as public speakers at these wise companies' events to lure more people into the same the system. It's multi level marketing at its finest. It is yes. Herbalife, it is Pyramid mm-hmm. Scheme, it is whatever yes. you want to call it. It's just a funnel for money just to get somebody to make, and they're all, you know, that 10% commission they get, if I'm the guy, that's what I'm working for. I'm not going for, you know, your well-being. or. I want your capital. I want your cash so I can buy more Scientology for myself. And that's where it's going. At the end of the day, like you mentioned, the, the owners of these companies doing well financially. And I will say this, maybe, yes, to some degree, but most of their money is also going back into the cult. Right. Well. So of course. Right, right. Yeah. They have of a fancy course. house and they're driving a 7 Series to, like, look right. the part. Right. But in actuality, they're broke as shit because ninety-nine percent of their cash goes back into the cult. Right.
0: Right. And Mike, you could, if you could put up on the website, it'd be great if you could put up the whole organization board of Scientology with Able and WISE and where yes. WISE is and who who's really running WISE, which is the Church of Scientology International or whatever it is. And I, I just think people should know and uh be, beware. Uh if you have if you are in these businesses, if you have family in these businesses, beware of wise and Scientology uh, fronting front groups who are posing as these groups that are there to help. and You know, you'll know, you'll know, you'll just know by, if you see the word statistic and graphs and because that basically that's all it is. Right, Mike? Yes.
1: Oh, speaking about all this reminded me of two anecdotes that I wanted to, to tell you about one. I had a dentist who watched the aftermath, a local guy, and he reached out to me, and really nice guy, and I became friendly with him and his wife, and he had a very wonderful, successful dental practice here, and I started going to him, and he wanted to retire, and he was about to sell his business, and he calls me, and he said, would you tell me if these people are Scientologists or not? Because I started to get a bad feeling. And it turned out, absolutely, they were. And he had me go and brief his, and he was so worried about his, the employees.
0: The the practice that he built and the business that he built. Exactly, and the
1: people that he was leaving in that practice who had worked for him for 30 years, that he, in the end, had me come and do a presentation to these people. And I was very, very straight to them. I said, look, here is what they do. This is how they do it. It's not all bad, but it's definitely different than the way that you, your world has been operating. And this is what they will implement statistics and they will require you to do conditions well, formulas. Yes, and this but and also, Mike,
0: <laughs> like, it is, it's like saying just a little bit of crack is not bad, eventually leading yeah. to the destruction of his employees and what he's built, uh, turning people into Scientologists, giving up their lives, their family, their money, everything that they have. It will eventually lead to... I'm glad you did and warned of them. Of course. And, yeah. they,
1: and he, of course, did not sell to them. Great. and That's a good... That's, again, success story. Exactly. And then the second one was, which is very funny, our next-door neighbor at the old house that we were at was a wonderful woman who is, a, who is a super smart, and she is a, a professional in one of these professions. And she and her mother got contacted by one of the local WISE consulting groups around here called MGE. And Do it, we have it, a
0: list of all of these front groups under WISE or these management groups? I know the big ones. I'll, I'll include okay. the
1: big ones on there. Okay. MGE is one, uh, and they're like the the sort of godfathers of, of uh, WISE consulting businesses in the Clearwater area run by an ex seog registrar called Ravine Marcus and his mm-hmm. partner, Louis Calon. Um, anyway, she got roped into doing one of these courses. So she goes down and unbeknownst to her what she was getting herself into, she comes back and she says, we were talking, she said, oh, I'm doing this course. And I said, oh, what sort of course? Oh, at, at MGE Enterprise. I said, MGE? She said yeah why what do you know i said it's scientology he said oh okay well this is explains a lot because mm-hmm. these people require me to look up every fucking word that i'm reading in their stupid stuff like mm-hmm. i know what these words mean why are they making me look this stuff up and i said well that's study technology right. she said well it's a bunch of bullshit, and I'm not doing it. And I told him I wasn't going to do it. I said, mm-hmm. okay, well, we'll see what happens. Next day, she comes back. She says, well, I said, what happened? I got routed to this guy who's the boss of the company for what well, they called it an ethics interview. I said, what? Yes, because I refused to look up the words. And she wow. Said, she said, so they were really going hardcore on me about who am I talking to? Who, where did I get negative information about L. Ron Hubbard? Why am wow. I an anti, anti-technology, study technology? Wow. And she said, so they asked me, do I know anybody that has ever said anything bad about <laughs> L. Ron Hubbard? And she said, well, I live next door to Mike Rinder. Oh, my God. And? <laughs> She they was, was like, dumb. They she were like, she like, was bye. out of
0: there. They kicked her out, Mike. They kicked her out. Interesting. Yep. That is insane. <laughs> that's insane. They 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 won't even take her money, Mike. That's
2: how <laughs> bad you are. That's how yes. bad you are. That's me. Just by knowing that's your the name. Power of the exactly. FP. Exactly. The, you uttered the phrase that's like instantly boots.
0: Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> As a quick
2: note too, I just want to yeah. I think I'm pretty sure that the reason that these consulting companies have so much money on file yeah. that's never delivered, is they also have very specific contracts that don't allow for clients to get their money back, just yep. like the church does. Just
0: like, just like Scientology. Yep.
2: Right. They have these yep. BS, super complicated legal forms that they sign saying they can't ask for a refund without arbitration or all kinds of bullshit also. So wow. these, you know, imagine being spending $50,000. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. And then you're broke, and now you're like, fuck, I'm in it for a year at least. I'm right. never doing this again. I learned my lesson, but I can't get my money back.
0: Isn't that insane? You would insane. think that somebody would take issue with this, Mike, who regulates businesses in the United States of America here, but they don't. Nope. Okay. All right. A side note, Julian, could you do me a favor and grab one of those shoes that you have back there on your shelf? <laughs> shoes? Of those
2: shoes? Which one? These ones?
0: No. Then the the, the uh, what do you got shoe there? rack? You got there Air Jordan. What you got
2: there. This <laughs> a, a pair of shoes.
0: No, no, no. Like an Air Jordan. You have an Air Jordan. Oh, you want a pair there? of
2: Jordans? Uh huh i don't have
0: any well. oh no. my
1: god there's like 50 pairs of shoes sneakers back there okay
0: now so mike so so i need to talk to you two about something it's an old lady moment for everybody yeah cut, sit down sit down, no, bring it bring it back <laughs> sit down so mike you see the sneaker here that julian has here yes i see very nice very nice well that's not the exact shoe but but that that i'm talking about you know because we're on social media i keep seeing the shoe and I'm like, oh, those are cute. Maybe I should start wearing those. Being I'm getting older, can't wear heels all the time. So I go, let me take some snapshots of some picture, of some shoes, some sneakers. They're high tops. Okay? Yeah. So I take, oh, I get a pair of black and white, red and black, blue and white. I'm like, eh, I'm going to go to Foot Locker. Go to Foot Locker. I go, hi, sir. Uh, show him my pictures. I go, I'd like these shoes. Size six, please. I show him. He starts laughing at me. He goes, that's, that's cute. I go, that's cute. What's cute? He goes, you You need to go to one of those stores where there's lines
1: outside waiting.
0: Mike and Juliet. Okay. He goes, literally verbatim, babe, you need a sneaker guy. And I go, Foot Locker (laughs) doesn't classify as a sneaker sneaker guy. (laughs) Thought this was the ultimate hookup here. (laughs) Ha ha ha. He goes, no, honey, come on. You gotta, no, you need a sneaker guy. You're not going to get these here. And I got
2: club, oh. flight club in Los Angeles.
0: What the fuck is this? I had no idea. You can't just walk in and get Nike Air Jordan. You can't just walk in and get sh- sneakers the reason, anymore. The reason you
2: saw them on Instagram and because they're like the, the, that's like the shoe of the day. Like it's, everyone wants the same stuff. So like, you can't find it. Right. You,
0: who needs a sneaker guy?
2: You got everybody you got a guy, that wants to be a lawyer. Cool. You got a sneaker guy. Exactly, <laughs> your hookup, your plug.
0: They, it, that then he told me. He goes, "Do you not see, like, on Melrose? Do you not see people lined up? You gotta join a lottery. You gotta scan this thing on your phone, or get yourself a hookup with a sneaker guy." I went to another store because I thought maybe he's just bullshit. I go to another. I go, "Hi, I'd like these retro sneaker, retro, I guess sneaker. I mean, Air Jordan." And he too laughed at me and said. Babe, you need to get – he didn't say babe. He said you need to get uh, somebody to get you these shoes. You can't just – then I find them online, so I order two pairs. I go, okay, I'm going to get my black and whites, my red and blacks, right? They email me back. Oh, no, you can only order one pair. What is this regulation <laughs> on sneakers?
2: <laughs> Supply and demand. So it's the funny. Hot, hot, commodities. But where yep. in, in the world is like a – it's like a currency. It's, shoes are yeah. – It's, it's really insane! Cool. It's it's
1: a, an, an, a a sort of an NFT. Yeah,
2: it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what NFT. that
0: is, Mike. But Jesus Christ, it's annoying. I'm trying it to be really cool, is. trying to be up with the kids.
1: Yeah, well, you have to go stand in a line for that, Leah. Well, that's I, In happen. fact, Headley and I were at Tyson's Corner Mall, yeah. and there was this store there that had nothing in it, like. It was a, just a big empty store, but it had a line of at least 200 people outside what? snaking its way for sneakers. Get
0: the They have like five pairs in there. Anyway, I need a sneaker guy. I need a sneaker guy. I, apparently, I need a hookup.
2: Xbox yeah. Series X and Air Jordan 1s are like impossible to find. Yeah, That's
0: insane. Go. Our producer's nodding her head. I had no idea. That you couldn't yep. just simply walk into a store and buy <laughs> some shoes, sneakers. A shoe
2: store. A shoe store of all places, too. A sneaker store. And yeah. that he
0: said, that's cute. When he said, that's, yeah, that's cute. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not going to get those Anyway, old lady moment. Old lady moment for everybody. Oh, dude. All right. Well, listen, I love you guys. Julian, thank you so much for, again, uh, for your willingness to participate in continuing to expose the scam that is Scientology.
2: My repentance. Yes. Well it's all our repentance
0: in yeah, exactly. some, in some exactly. respect. Exactly. Thank you. But, yeah, but thank you but do you have such great stories and you have such a great way of telling them too.
2: Yes. I've seen a lot of weird shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you've been, and, and listen, you've been through a lot, as most people involved in Scientology and cults like it, you know, have been through a lot. So thank you for continuing to, to speak up and, and uh I'm sure I'll get a text from you soon an email from you soon saying, hey, you know what else we should talk about? <laughs> so I'll I'll wait for that.
2: <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, once I have that... that, that Ruminate. That, yeah, that yes. feeling of like, holy shit. It's like, a, it's like a sense of injustice where like, I did something I shouldn't have done. Yeah. I gotta make it a little bit more right in the world.
0: Well, thank you for doing that. And that just separates you from them. Thank you.
2: You're welcome. I'm glad you guys thank are you here guys. Doing, doing this because this is awesome. I appreciate thank you guys you. doing this. Keeps me motivated also.
0: Thank you, baby. And when you do visit... Let's say goodbye to that (laughs) view. This
2: is like a life move. This is like a...
0: And bring me some sneakers. I'll send you a picture. Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) All right. I love you guys. Thank you all for listening until we speak next time. Bye, Mikey. Bye-bye.